Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Maya Rodell, author of the new book, The Mad Girls of New York. USA Today bestselling author Joanna Shoup wrote about the book. Rodell's whip-smart and compelling story, rich in Gilded Age detail, takes us along on Nellie Bly's incredible crusade to shine a light on injustice and make her mark in a male-dominated world. Maya, welcome to the podcast. Hi, it's great to be here. Sure. Well, if someone listening hasn't yet heard about your new novel, The Mad Girls of New York, how would you describe the novel? Well, the back of the book describes it in a way that I just adore, and it says it's a rollicking historical adventure, which I just love. It's um, inspired by a true story. It's got this fearless feminist heroine. Um, it's kind of like an adventure novel. There's a little bit of romance. There's a little bit of mystery, a little bit of everything, and a lot of fun. That's great. Well, do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to write The Mad Girls of New York? I do. It was the spring of 2020 when everyone was in lockdown and I started reading a book from my TBR shelf that had been there a long time um, called Cranks and Charmers. And it was about uh, biographical sketches of daring women from the late 1800s in America. And I read about Nellie Bly. and. She does this madhouse stunt, which is amazing. But then I learned that she was this 20-something woman in Manhattan, single, working, having a ball. Um, she goes on this round-the-world race and comes back with a pet monkey. Her nickname was Pink. The, the details of her life are the kind where you just can't make this stuff up. So then I knew I had to write her story. And you have to start at the beginning with Nellie, with the madhouse story. So so what is the Madhouse story for those listening who, who aren't familiar with it? Sure. It um, takes place in 1887. Nellie has been writing for her local Pittsburgh newspaper, and she leaves a note that says, I'm off to New York. Watch out for me. And she goes and she tries to get hired on Newspaper Row at all the big newspapers in Manhattan. And no one will hire a woman even though she's got all these clips and credentials. But the only assignment she can get is to fake insanity and to get herself committed to the Women's Insane Asylum on Blackwell's Island and to stay there and to write about it. And she says famously, I said I could and I would and I did. So she fakes insanity, gets herself committed, spends 10 days in the insane asylum, and she gets out and writes this explosive story. Well. Once you read about Nellie Bly and the book that you referenced earlier, what kind of research did you do as you started working on the novel? Nellie's a great person to research because she wrote so much. So um, she was a very prolific newspaper journalist. And so I read her original Madhouse story. I read a lot of her other work. There is one biography about Nellie. Um, done by Brooke Kroger. It's amazing if you can get your hands on a copy. And she shows up um, in a lot of anthologies and a lot of books about um, important women of the late 19, 1800s. Um, she shows up a lot in this really terrific book called Sensational, The Hidden History of America's Girl Stunt Reporters. And she shows up in a lot of kids' books because her antics are just so fun and inspiring and daring. 
So, so what was your own initial writing journey that led you to writing and getting your first novel published? Well, um, I, I would say I started writing in college when I thought creative writing classes would be easier, um, for homework because you could just make stuff up. <laughs> so I, I signed up for those. Um, and you know, it's, it's not that the homework was easier. It was just that I really enjoyed doing it. And it turned out I was, I had a, a flair for it or a, a talent for it, as my teacher said. And I was willing to put in the work for it where I wasn't always willing to put in the work for other things. So that's how I started writing. And, um, I, I come from a very bookish writerly family. So it was kind of inevitable that inevitable that I would be thinking I would try to write a book and then I would do it. And I did it. And I just kept doing it. I mean, a lot of life and work and jobs and everything was happening as well, but that was how I got started. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sure. Well, I know that you've written a nonfiction book about romance novels, Dangerous Book for Girls, The Bad Reputation of Romance Novels Explained. So why do romance novels have a bad reputation? Historically, they have a bad reputation because they've been by women, for women, and about women um, as they were, you know, considered second-class citizens, if they were even counted at all. And it's... It's been um, cheap literature. It is affordable and accessible. And so our culture has a, a real problem with um, low, you can't see me air quoting, low rattle arm and things that are mass produced. And um, But the truth is, is that's where its power comes from, that it's able to reach so many people. And the power is that it, it isn't just by women, for women, about women anymore. It's by the marginalized people for marginalized people about marginalized people triumphing. So um, it's a really powerful form of literature. It, it has been since the beginning of the novel. And I think that's still true today, even though we can watch a romance novel adaptation, Bridgerton by Shonda Rhimes on Netflix. And it's the most watched thing ever. <laughs> But the but the actual literature and the books are still kind of looked down on, in your opinion. I think a, a little, a little bit, but it's changed drastically since I wrote Dangerous Books for Girls in mm -hmm. 2015. So the review coverage is, um, for example, in 2015, the New York Times would have touched romance, and now they have a, a quarterly roundup review of romance. 
Um, so it's really made great strides in its respectability and that people are willing to talk about it openly and honestly and consider it um, as meaningful. Sure. Well, what is your own writing process when you're working on a novel? Are you someone who outlines extensively before you start writing? Um, yes, I outline. I'm, a, I'm definitely a plotter, not a pantser, um, possibly even to my detriment. But I, I do a really weird thing where I, I do like to plot a lot. I do like to write a synopsis. But then when I sit down to write the book, I like to write a first draft in dialogue only so that I feel the dialogue can carry the story. And then I go back and fill in and um, feelings and description and things like that. And it allows me to also identify character motivations and plot holes and things that fit or don't fit before I've like committed too many words um, to, to feel good about editing it. So that's how I write, but there's also a lot of, um, procrastination and checking Twitter and cleaning out closets, <laughs> <laughs> all the usual <laughs> faffing around. Sure. Well, are you working on a new novel now? I am. I am working on a novel about uh, the women's suffrage movement. So um, that's the fight for women to get the vote. It took them seven years and we're kind of still working on it. And and will there be another uh, Nellie Bly novel? I hope so. I really hope so. I love Nellie so much. She's um, an incredibly confident and charming character to write. And I think she was charming and confident in real life, too. So I think we need more Nellie. That's great. Well, what writing advice would you offer for those who are working on their own stories and novels? It's not fun. Um, my advice is not fun. Writing is also not fun, but you have to just do it. Uh, I, I get a lot of people who say, I have this idea for a book, and how do I go about getting it published? And um, the first thing I say to them is, you have to write the damn book. And when you're starting out, um, most publishers or anyone won't really um, consider publication based on a few chapters if you're unpublished. So you just have to write and there's no right way. There's no wrong way. There's no, you know, you have to do it every day or you can only do it on Thursdays. Like whatever works, I think is what a writer needs to do. Um, and so it's completely up to the individual, but uh, at the end of the day, it's as Nora Roberts says, button the chair, words on the page. That's it. Sure. Well, what novels have you read recently that you enjoyed? Oh, okay. I just read a romance novel by Adriana Herrera, um, A Caribbean Heiress in Paris. I believe that's the title. But if you Google that, it will get you there. Um, and it's an amazing story about a Dominican rum distiller, a woman who goes to Paris and um, meets up with a Scottish whiskey distiller. And it's a historical. So that was a tremendous, terrific read. And then I've also, I've what have I just read that I loved? I'm also in the middle of a biography called Diamonds and Deadlines about um, this Mrs. Frank Leslie, who is this millionaire newspaper publisher in the Gilded Age. Well, fascinating where, life. <laughs> <laughs> well, where can people find you online if they'd like to learn more about you and your novels? 
Thank you. I'm at mayarodale.com, M-A-Y-A-R-O-D-A-L-E, and I am frequently, too frequently, on Twitter and Instagram, where I'm at mayarodale. That's great. Well, again, we've been speaking with novelist Maya Rodell, author of the new novel, The Mad Girls of New York. The novel is available now, so go buy a copy. And Maya, thanks for doing this interview. Thanks for having me. It's great chatting with you. Great. Thanks a lot. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.